0: Welcome back to Motor K 313, your weekly Detroit Pistons podcast here on the lead sports media podcast network. My name is Corey.
1: Akiel, what's up? Not much, man. This is the first time we've been back in a while. We both had two separate killer interviews. Um, so for the people that didn't listen, go back, listen to them. But yeah, I've been good. Just hanging out. Um, Watch my Pistons get lit up by 42 points in the quarter against the Oklahoma City Thunder um, with the Justin Bieber of the NBA, known as Josh Giddy. So <laughs> it's tough lucks out here, man. It is tough lucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, we haven't won a game since uh, November 17th, and that was against the Indiana Pacers, who they announced today are looking to blow it up. So that just kind of gives you the idea of where the season's at. Like you said, we haven't. this is our first one together in three episodes, and they have not won a game in – any of the weeks since we have potted together. And I don't think any of that's terribly surprising because there's a lot of good playoff teams mixed in there, and we're definitely what you would call a bad team. There's been some close games. I mean, we t- lost by five to the Lakers, lost by three to the Warriors. I mean, obviously, Steph and Draymond didn't play. We Like, what are you going to do? But another f- four-point loss to the Lakers. Like, we had the the beef stew, uh, LeBron stuff in, the, in between. And that feels like forever ago, but also we haven't potted together since then. So it's a weird, like, kind of, like, split of things there. A lot of losing, not a ton to be super positive about, but we're going to try. So for today's episode, we are going to each put together three things that we like or dislike, three each total, uh, as a way to kind of look back on the first quarter of the season. We're through, the Pistons have played 23 games. They are a stellar 4-19. and So I assume most of it will be, especially, like, not even... This isn't just because you hate hard Akio. It's also because I know I, I've come into this season determined to not let most things bother me because I just can't. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to be bad. Obviously, I want to see improvements. And I, we're, I'm I'm taking the improvements as a positive, and most of the step backs as a, oh, well, we're bad. But I'm interested. Why don't you get to start up with your first thing?
1: Um, fine. I think for me, I the one thing I do like about the Pistons this year, um, if I have to give one thing that I do like,
0: yeah,
1: is that, buddy, we got pretty much we could get any pick we want this year in the draft. Benedict Matherin, Jabari Smith, maybe we get lucky we get a Chet or Apollo, uh, maybe in a Jalen Duran. But look, sky's the limit for our team. So we could get we could get a lot of people this year in the draft. Um, so that's one of the things I like right now going on with the Detroit Pistons.
0: Yeah, I just did my most recent, or I, it's my first one of the year. I do the mock draft. I've done, this is my third straight year doing mock drafts for Hoops Habit. And uh, I, I just put out last week my first big board of the year for the lottery. And that was the one thing that I really took away from it was that and this is all. Some of this is biased, but I don't think so because you're you're a draft guy too. You you looked at this stuff. I think what's really given me a lot more positivity about our rebuild this year is that what we need ideally is our next piece of like putting together all the young franchise pieces that we're trying to have as part of this rebuild. It seems like anywhere in the top five we can get somebody that fits that role. Whether it be a as you say, even if we don't get the number one pick, like obviously I think like right now most people, if not all people, the consensus is Paolo, but yeah. If you're at five and you get a chat or a Jalen Duran or like, like I don't I don't like I, I think you and I are pretty high, like higher than the consensus at this point on Jabari. I, I think I would probably have him at two right now.
1: Yeah, he's my number two right now as well. But but there's I a world think, where you get him at yeah, five. Yeah, depending on the team and who spots two through four. And could, that's exciting. Could, because could Jabari slide to, to five, absolutely. Like Jabari, Jalen Duran, Jaden Hardy, who I really don't like. I do like the other Jaden, though, Jaden Ivy. Kids tough.
0: I like, um, so I was actually talking to a former lead person yesterday, Danny Faneroff, who you obviously also talk to a lot. And yeah, we, were, we were talking about Jaden Ivy. And he's the kind of player that I really like. I don't know if I like him for Detroit. And that's something we can obviously talk about over the months to come. I, I think a part of it is just the bias of the one thing that I feel like is the consistent criticism of this team is you just law you lack a vertical threat, and I think Jaden Ivey is a fantastic player, but he does not fit what I want the Pistons to get out of this ne- next draft pack.
1: Yeah, I think if you are looking for like the vertical spacing kind of threat, which we both talked about so eloquently on the show multiple times, uh, Jalen Duran might, but just be your kind of slam dunk cup of. Tea, That's what I'm right? thinking. Like. If you want just a pick and roll menace, who can just catch lobs and be a elite rim protector, like I talked about it last week. My favorite thing with Jalen is that he's a very very good rim protector. Like he'll go out there and get blocks, but he's not fouling. Like he contests a lot with verticality and he stays straight. really, really cool to see. Like a lot of other guys who are like those kind of shot blockers tend to go after everything. Uh, Jalen's really good at picking and choosing his spots. Uh, so we like to see it. Uh, but this isn't draft talk. Um, but more seriously, like that's kind of a negative. Um, I think my more serious thing that I do like this year is also something that's a negative, but it's Sadiq Bay. I think for me, my biggest thing with Sadiq Bay that I do like especially this year, is in a down year, him willing enough to be able to try things out and experiment and work on other parts of his game, in game, it's super cool to see. Uh, so I do like that.
0: So, and that's interesting because I, I do appreciate what you're saying. I don't think that long-term it, it is the end of the world. That's actually one of my negatives for the year. And it's not even... It's not Sadiq's fault, but I think whenever you've seen a team that is struggling so much from long range for the season and, and and having even just like two or three competent shooters on the roster would really go such a long way. Like that was one of the things that we say coming into the season was we thought we were going to be a better shooting team this year because of what Frank Jackson was last year, uh, what Cade projected to be, what Sadiq was last year, and then Kelly Olenek. And Olinic's been hurt. But so that's that's why I say it's not necessarily Sadiq's fault. But with Olenek out of the lineup, Cade struggling over the first dozen or so games to really get the three-point shot to fall. It really felt like it put a mic like a like a magnifying glass on the fact that Sadiq wasn't doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like last night was really good. I think he hit his first three or four, and that looked really good. So it's one of those things that for the first quarter of the season. I didn't like it because of the way it really made the offense impossible to watch at times. But I think if we take the short-sighted glasses off of it, it's probably a good thing for the future. I think it's just really kind of hammered home to me what we talked about before the season, where some people thought that Sadiq Bey and, to a lesser degree, Isaiah Stewart making all-rookie teams meant that there was a chance that they were multi-time All-Stars in the future. And, And you and I were both a little bit cooler on that, obviously. I feel more comfortable in what we were saying before, and that I think he's an above average role player to a below average starter. I don't necessarily think that he is an all star in the making. And that's fine. Like, I mean, you got him at what 19 in the draft that 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 wasn't what you were expecting anyway, but having some of the shine come off has not been something I've loved this year.
1: Uh, And to your point, right. Getting a high level role player at pick 19 isn't a bad thing by all the imaginations. Right. And I'm, I get it. Like, I want them shooting the ball more and shooting a lot better, too. But for how much we stink, I'm not that mad at it. Like, that's, like, my bottom complaint of the Detroit Pistons this year. There's a lot more that I have.
0: So before you get into any more of your your, your things, I kind of wanted to get into – I know that I kind of just hijacked yours there, but uh, – to, to point, like my my point is not even necessary that he's not taking them because he's taking nearly as many threes. He's six point six per game last year, six point three per game this year. The percentage is just a, a huge drop off. It was thirty eight percent last year and it was twenty nine point two percent this year. That obviously has to fix. My one of my positives that I will say, and this is a small, a small sample size within a small sample size, but it kind of it, it it lends itself to an overarching theme. Over the last four games. Kate Cunningham has averaged 22 points, 7.8 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.3 blocks, and 1 steal, while shooting 51.5% from the floor and 53.1% from distance. Obviously again, small sample four games, but what it means to me that I'm the, what I'm taking away from it and extrapolating because it's what I want to see out of this. It's something we talked about on one of our first pods on here. Those four games are when Killian Hayes came back from his injury. So getting to see those two play together, I think, unlocks the best in both of them. I know that people were suspect of the fit at the beginning of the year. There was a Coach Casey quote from, I believe it was either yesterday or over the weekend where he was talking about people were complaining that they didn't immediately put the ball in Cade's hands all the time and have him run the offense. And Casey said it would have been irresponsible because Cade had the injury in preseason and missed – preseason training camp all that stuff missed the first few games so you're easing him into it and then right after he's starting to get comfortable kill has the issue with the with the thumb so now that he's back they're sharing the court together you're just seeing a level of comfortability and it's allowing Cade to play a more efficient game yesterday he was absolutely fantastic against the thunder until like the fourth quarter where basically everything failed for the pistons 28 points and 11 boards that's that's super exciting I, i think that if it's not already something that people are realizing that it's a conversation because Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes really put like that that they put a lot of distance between themselves and the rest of the pack over the first month for rookie of the year. I think Kade's gonna make it a race down the end of the strap the end of the season. And obviously we still have like five months left. So we got a yeah. lot of ways to go. But Kade's here and that's hugely exciting for me. Yeah,
1: over his last five games, 19.6, 7.4 rebounds, 3.8 assists about a steal and a half per game, a block per game, five turnovers a game, Uh, shooting 46% from three, 48% from two. That's very, 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 very good. And, like, he had a very slow start to his rookie year. I mean, sue him. Like, that kind of happened. The first five games weren't as great for him. Uh, But he's looked really good. And I think my favorite part about him this year is how good he's looked defensively. Yeah. Uh we haven't had a backcourt, I think, defensively, like we've had for a while with Killian and Cade. Like those are two great guard defenders. Like Killian Cade's bigger, stronger could probably handle some of those bigger two guards. So I think Killian could be one of those really good point of attack, like just hound from the ball when it crosses half court, kind of guy kind of in that Alex Caruso-ish kind of lane of defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember that Warriors game where Charlie and I on our other pod, we talk about Jordan Poole quite a bit. Jordan Poole has maybe one of the quickest first steps I've seen in the NBA, where if he just takes a step past a dude, you're gone, see you never. Like Cade ate up so much space on a couple of those possessions of that Pistons-Warriors game where, like, it stood out to me. It's just like, wow, a lot of defenders aren't really doing this on the NBA right now. So it's just like, it's crazy to see. Kane's been phenomenal. I'm super happy with it. Um, yeah. What's, what's something that you don't like since you gave a positive?
0: So, and I think that this is, it, it came with time last year, so I'm going to be a little bit more patient with it. But... As somebody who was a big believer in this part of Isaiah Stewart's game, the fact that there's just no three-point shooting at all is is really frustrating to me. I, I think he, he's – I'm bringing up the exact total because, I mean, like I said, last year he only attempted 63, and he only shot 33% on them, but it was an aspect of his game you want to see in that pick-and-pop because it adds such a – lot. like I said, with Sadiq taking threes and making threes, it adds such a, a level of spacing to the offense that I think is so sorely needed. So far, Stewart's only attempted 11 threes this season. That sucks. Like, I mean, I just want to see more. And I like. I think that will come with time. It came with time last year. I think if you would have tracked how many he attempted in the first month of the season last year, we're probably ahead of schedule. But it doesn't feel like it because of what we saw at the end of last year. So I just I want to see that become part of his game and, by extension, part of the offense, the pick and pop that you can take advantage of, whether it be Stewart or Luca Garza or Kelly Olenek when he comes back. I think that there's a lot of potential for that as as a way to kind of modernize our offense. And it's not something we've seen so far, just full stop. It has not been a huge part of what we've seen. And like I said, a lot of that is injuries, but a lot of it is that just Stewart has not taken the shots. And I would like to see that change.
1: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, You talk about just adding a different level to an offense for a team that doesn't have any. For a team that doesn't have any who cares? Like, any shooting, it is what it is. Uh, I I try to maybe even beat you and I step up for a team who has zero shooting, and we break shots as it is. What's the difference between, like, what's the difference between Sneak Bay breaking a couple and maybe giving two of those times to Isaiah Stewart just to see what he has, right? Like, yeah. what's two more missed three-pointers, out of all the three pointers we already missed, right? Like well and
0: and that's the difference, right? You said that Sadiq is doing things to grow his game and he is. And while it, it, it's stun through the offense, I can see the growth there. Stewart's game has I don't want to say plateaued because I can see that he's getting more confident better on defense, but in terms of an offensive performer, I, it's almost regressed, honestly. And that's somewhat disheartening.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's It's kind of crazy, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it as well. But it would be nice to see. It would be very nice to see. My thing that I have that also I do not really like as much is one. Jeremy Grant. I talk about a lot of things that stink in the world. (laughs) Jeremy Grant is on that list this year. Sure. Is he averaging 20 and 5, technically? Yeah like I guess but he's been not great like he's shooting the ball awfully 41 percent from the field 32 percent from three it's been not good stuff as of recent from him this whole year it's a down year for him (laughs) uh I've I got off a lot of tweets earlier about how uh, Jeremy Grant's way better than Christian Wood, and I might need to start deleting some tweets. So I think we're getting to that point where tweets need to be deleted uh, because he has not looked that good this year.
0: He's posting his lowest effective field goal percentage since his second year in the league. Sheesh. And it's just like some of that is high volume, but a lot of it this year feels like he's forcing it a lot, and he doesn't realize, like, he got so used to being the alpha last year that Part of this restoration is that Kate Cunningham is going to be the alpha, or whoever we draft at the next top of next draft likely is going to be another alpha. So like Grant has to take some sort of seat, like a back seat to that. This is—I will say that I was always pretty staunchly don't trade Jeremy. Over the last month, when people started tweeting out trade ideas, I'm—I'm—I'm also—I'm suddenly like, hmm. You know, I don't hate that. You know what I mean? And that's—that's a big. Hey,
1: I I saw I saw a trade that enticed me. It was for a lot of the Atlanta Hawks. Guns. I was going to say
0: is it that Hawks one? Cuz that Hawks one was nice.
1: It was like Cam Reddish
0: Onyeka Akongu.
1: Onyeka Akongu. who else? One other person.
0: It was Delon Wright to make the money work, but the Oh, Delon the,
1: Wright coming back home too. And I was like, the big you know, thing I is know. us getting
0: a Okongwu and Reddish, it's like, oh, my God. I think that's the kind of thing that when you're a rebuilding team, you love to see. Like, I love a Kongu, so and I know how you feel I about Reddish. I
1: love Onyeka. Like, I've been a fan of him ever since the uh, big LeVar Ball days back in high school when he was playing with all the Ball brothers. But, like, yeah. I would not mind that deal. Sure, but what it does, you get high-end role players. I mean, well, you don't know if they're high yet, but they could maybe become high-end role players. A lot of untapped potential, get to be fun, get to be young, get to be exciting, and you get to lose more games. And and sure, maybe you get Apollo in a chat. Like, I go down the line, that's a win, 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 right? So, like, hey, I'm not mad at that deal if that deal gets done.
0: No. Yeah. And that's not somewhere where I was at the beginning of the year, even. So, even like a month ago, I'd have been like, no, Jeremy's here until he's a free agent. And now I'm like, you know what? If the right trade comes along, so I actually have two more things. So I have, I have too many things, but such as life. The one positive, and, and I guess you can take it positive, negative, however you want, because it, it says a little bit more about some of the inefficiencies of our starters. Again, we have a, a top three scoring bench. We are be- just behind uh, the Knicks and the Spurs. We, the bench average is 39.2 points per game, and that would probably be better if Kelly Olynyk had not gotten hurt and was able to kind of get more increasingly comfortable over uh, the course of the season. So, I just like that that's a thing. I, I obviously, you'd prefer it if that was on a winning team and you were able to be one of the highest-scoring benches and then your starters were killing it. But just, you know, something a, little, a fun little stat that I think we led the league in bench scoring last year. And the fact that we're in the uh, conversation to do that again this year, I thought was a nice little positive. Do you have anything else you want to get to before I get to my last thing that I'm happy about?
1: I mean, about for the next first second, their bench was really fun. Yes. They're like – more fun than watching their starters, and this yeah. actually brings it brings it to a point. Uh, Obi Toppin, that dude just when I say play, like, you know, just guys that just play hard. Yeah, I was not a fan of his. But he's making me look silly. Like he just plays hard. Like, and I think that's what Stu could be for us. Like, I don't think he has a vertical spacing because Obi can jump, but like. Just a nonstop motor to have on your bench, who does all the little things. I think that's a role that Stew can fit quite nicely. Yes, let's go on to your next nice things.
0: This is my last, my last positive. I because I, I, like I said, I was trying, I was trying to come into this more positive because I understood that you were going to be coming into this from a more glass half empty aspect than I was. Hey, I love it. I just love Killian Ace and I've liked what I've seen from him this year. It's not the explosion that some people would have wanted, but it's a little bit like it's minor things, right? It's what you said earlier about the defensive backcourt that we have and the pairing that they, that they are together. And I mean, he's averaging 1.3 steals per game in just 25 minutes per game through 18 games. He's, he's already almost played as many games this year as he did all of last year. So uh, he's up to 35.2% from three. So that's, is an aspect of his game that I think is another thing that really benefits from him pairing with Cade and Cade being the more on-ball type because right now Killian thrives as that step-back catch-and-shoot guy and him not having to, like, dribble into that and find his own shot. That was not his strong suit. Cade's bringing out his strong suit. So just a a little minor thing. It's nothing, like, hugely crazy because if you look at it from a night-to-night basis, the statistical output is still not astounding, but I, I mean, I'm going to keep saying it. I know it's only, I mean, like I said, it's 44 games so far, so we have a long ways to go, but if this is a guy that takes as long to develop, but then turns into the, that, the the primary guy that I've always thought of him being where I know there was a lot of weird uh, expectations thrown out for him pre-draft. The reason why I wanted him is because when I looked at him, I saw Alonzo Ball and I still think that's who he could be. And, I, I'm just always gonna like that archetype of player, so I like what I've seen so far this year from Kelly and Hayes.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: Anything else?
1: I mean, I have one. Maybe I kind of want to see where you lie on it. How sure. do you feel? How do you feel about one? How do you feel about one Frank Jackson?
0: Uh, he right now has been. One of them were hit or miss players for the season so far, right? Like the first two weeks, it was the struggle. Despite it being a small contract, it still felt like an overpay. And then there was a two-week stretch where he was arguably the best player on the team from an offense pers- offensive perspective because he was finally getting the three-point shot to fall. I think they're a little bit too reliant on him in that regard, which says all you need to really know about the current offensive struggles of the Detroit Pistons. But I'd love to hear what you have to say
1: man he's been one of the most interesting dudes this year like he's been so hard like I was trying to defend him so much this year but now it's just like whenever I don't see him on the court I breathe a sigh of relief like he's caused that much anxiety to me as a human uh so I am team let's play franchise unless we Need to like let's not do that unless we absolutely have more
0: homie is, is your is your plan. Uh,
1: yeah, like I guess because that's who else do we have left? Uh
0: Josh Jackson, but like
1: uh, and buddy, I don't even want to see Saban Lee around my like I'd put him to the cruise. and I'm so
0: glad you agree with me because we are I think we're the only people in Pistons Twitter that think that. Everyone has been complaining that he has not gotten minutes because he's been tearing it up in the G League. He and that stinks. just tells me you don't understand.
1: He stinks, he like stinks. aggressively on the word "stinks," capital stinks. He is. He is hot. very good at
0: hunting dunks. I will give him that. Like he is very good at scoring in the G League. Again, I will. I will give him that. So is Lucas Samanich, and you know what I mean. Like it's just, I'm not. I was never a huge believer in in, in him. Actually, like. Whenever, whenever last year they were counting him as a member of like the core four for our, our restoration, I was never a huge believer in that. I understand people wanting to see him because we're bad. I, it, it, the, the, it's funny. The people that want to see him because we're bad are also the ones that are complaining that we're not winning more and the the game does not look more sound and, and thinking that Saban Lee doesn't come in there and make the game look more sound. I just, I, I don't get.
1: Yeah. I, I think one thing I'd want to see too, a little bit more, uh, I don't know. If we can find minutes for him. Would be Isaiah Lovers.
0: Yeah, like, he, is he cleared to return to, to the court yet?
1: I think he got recalled. Yes, and I think so.
0: Well, yeah, I would like to see him. I, I'm looking forward to his debut because I actually do think he can bring something to this team.
1: Yeah, talk about like a six-seven-ish, six-eight dude who can shoot it. Uh, of course, like the Michigan connection, always love that. You specifically called?
0: love the Michigan guys.
1: Uh, Michigan State guys. He went to the other school. We don't talk about those dudes. Uh, but he's from the Mitten, so I guess I'll give him some <laughs> give him some love on that one. But yeah, right. Like at this point, I'm just of the mindset of let's throw everything against the wall and let's see what sticks. Because like, what else do we have to do this season?
0: Develop Killian. Develop Cade. See what Sadiq can do, and get a top pick. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a trial by error year, right? So do whatever you got to do. Let's see what sticks, basically, is where I'm at with it.
0: I have one last negative thing I want to get to, and it's just, it's here. it has nothing. It, has, it, it loosely has to do with the team, but it's more the fans. We We talk about it every week. When I saw last night people saying that, and obviously, these are not, like, bigger people. These are just, like, Twitter trolls that are saying this. But it drives me insane every single time. I saw people saying that, well, Cade's a bust. We took the wrong guy. Evan Mobley's contributing to winning. And Scotty Barnes is contributing to winning. And we, we've lost nine in a row. The pick was wrong. You're Like, that's just the dumbest thing you can say. And it just shows you don't understand. Like, Mobley is... Put in a situation where there's they're further along in their rebuild. Scotty Barnes was drafted to a team that two years ago was in the finals. Like, yes, they're contributing more to winning. That's not because they're better than him or he is a bust. It's just we said we said yeah. it before the season. We've said it every episode. Some fans are just not built for the rebuild, and and they sh- they tell on themselves every single night.
1: Yeah, Darius Garland is a blank best player on our Detroit Pistons.
0: Yeah, he's really he, well. That's that's what I, like people think that because we, this is like we tanked last year and. I'll even have like four top five picks in a row. Like, if if we're if we're what they're doing competitively in four years, that's where you want to be. Or like, no, maybe a little bit further. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're, we were never supposed to be competing for the play in this year. It was next year at the earliest, probably the year after. So I just think expectations are the quickest way for uh, fans to get misled. And I think that a lot of people came in with that misguided ideals coming to the season.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like everything Evan Mobley has been doing is amazing. Like phenomenal. Like I thought Evan Mobley should have been the number two pick over Jalen Green. Yes. Like I'm still with that. And you can kind of see why, because the Rockets are playing better without Jalen Green right now on the floor. Uh, I don't want to be that guy, but Keegan, if you're listening to this, Jalen Green stinks. He's empty stats, but yes, Cade Cunningham was the number one pick and he is the number one pick for a reason. Take out the last first five games, dudes went on a run as we've so eloquently put earlier. He's our guy. He will be our guy and we just got to trust in Cade and we will be fine, but if you can't handle a rebuild, I don't know what to tell you.
0: It's, you're in for a long ride because it's like, not getting better this season.
1: Like we think this year is bad, even next year. Well, well be yeah, because you've got to
0: figure you're going to have, realistically, if you draft a guy that's going to replace, theoretically, Jeremy Grant in the starting lineup, let's just use that, then you will have a starting lineup entirely built of guys under the age of 25. You're probably not winning many games. That's just reality.
1: Yeah, we're going to be bad for a while. Why and that's fine. I'd rather you
0: like let these guys come along slowly. And yeah. then they start making the playoffs whenever they're all, like, 23. You know what I mean? And that's still amazing.
1: We are, and I genuinely mean this, we are two to three seasons away from even making the playoffs.
0: I think so. I, I think next year will probably be better, not like, good. best case better. scenario,
1: next year we are fighting in for a play-in spot. Like, that is a best case scenario. I think, I
0: think next year will probably end up realistically with like the 10th lottery odds as opposed to a top five lottery odds. And then the year after that is when we make the push for the play-in. And that, that's yeah, like th- I'm good with that.
1: Yeah. I think whatever that summer 2023 is, is when that's when we're kind of gearing for our big summer. Yeah. So, so when we, we have, you yeah. know,
0: we'll have, we'll have Palo on board, we'll have Kate on board and we're going into free agency, trying to push for the playoffs. That's, I agree.
1: Exactly. But, okay. Well, I
0: think that does it for this week. We'll touch base with you guys next week, but, uh, do you want to do
1: a pick up really quick? What is it? A pick-up? pick? Em? Sure. All righty. Let's get the schedule pulled up. Let's just do next five games. Sure. Uh tomorrow we are playing Washington at home. I think we lose.
0: I yeah, do too, but I think it's going to be close. Washington's low key been like struggling over the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah, they've been they've been interesting. They have been they have been interesting. But I think the losing streak. Sure. Yeah. Uh at New Orleans Friday.
0: I think that might be a win.
1: I I think that is our win as well. Uh then we are versus the Brooklyn Nets. I think we lose. Yeah, I think that's a nice L. Uh we are at Chicago next week, Tuesday.
0: No DeMar, but I still think that's an L. Oh,
1: well, me too. And then last but not least, we're playing our team from the state below us that's having a fire sale as of today, the Indiana Pacers.
0: I think that might be a win too. I I think that that matchup low-key is really – like we just match up very well with them. And with TJ McConnell out for theoretically the rest of the season they announced today, I actually think that could be a decent win.
1: Uh, Indiana, I think we pull out a L as well.
0: You know what? I actually hope – I said this last night to you because when when you were sick that we blew the fourth quarter – if we could just take the L to all the tanking teams and then sneak in a couple wins against some playoff teams to get, to get the morale up, but also improve those odds and tank upon, I'll take that all day. So I'm not mad at it, but that does it for this week. Definitely. I, we, I, we plugged this show yesterday on leading with the W because we, we do that show as well, but definitely check out leading with the W on the main podcast network. Uh, check out all the other shows on elite sports media and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. See you guys.